0: That was the original idea was there's TV commercials running in your store already. What if those commercials were really smart and could be highly targeted? uh, And what if you got paid for them? So like, how would it change the world if the most powerful marketing medium wasn't Google and Facebook, but it was like physical retail businesses and we could control how our data was used and spent, et cetera.
1: Welcome to 7 to 8, our special series on seven and eight-figure speakers. In this interview series, some of the hottest speakers in the industry who've made over seven figures in a year or less will uncover their twists and turns in their adventures, helping you to avoid the potholes and stick to the fast track. Welcome now to Center Stage, our next guest speaker. Hey there, peeps, this is Michelle Nedelak, and I am super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Sam. Sam, thank you so much for being here with us today.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Awesome, so give us the 5,000 foot view of who you are and a little highlight to your business.
0: So my name's Sam, last name pronounced Malakarjanan. I know it's hard, but lots of people deal with that. Um, I was early on the team at a company called HubSpot, which people may be familiar with. When I started, no one was. I uh, led the e-commerce team there, selling to e-commerce companies. It led the marketing expansion to Latin America and then led um, uh, was the head of growth at HubSpot Labs, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, after that, we launched uh, our own startup, actually accidentally. It was originally a hackathon to help small business owners find other ways to make money during pandemic lockdowns um, with the goal of changing how people monetize physical spaces. So whether it's billboards or ads in bars and restaurants or wrapped cars or sponsored airplanes, sky's literally the limit, uh, creating the first ever marketplace for offline media.
1: Very fine. So how did you pick that as a thing?
0: Again, total accident. We So my co-founder Andre, who was my tech lead at HubSpot Labs, his wife was a doctor. And so during the pandemic, she could actually like help uh, and we couldn't. Um, and we knew it was going to have an impact on all these businesses. So we had the idea of what if there was a Google display network for the real world? So you could make money off of your barbershop the same way you would make money off of your, uh, you know, like a, like a website or, or a content blog. Um, and we did that and you can buy those giant checks they They really do sell those. Uh, we handed out, you know, $50,000 or something. Um, then we did what we have jokingly called a reverse stealth mode. We called everybody we could find in the industry, like Outfront, clear channel Lamar. All the tech companies told them what we'd done. Discovered out of home is something I had never really done before in my career. I've mostly done internet advertising. Um only traditional ad medium still growing, but crazy fragmented. And it runs on like spreadsheets and post-it notes. So it just evolved from that. It's like it, you know, it's it's a really cool medium. It's the most fun I've had doing marketing since they invented social media. Um and uh yeah, so it was a total accident. We assumed something like this already existed and that we were just creating another extension so that my, you know, barber in, uh, do I have him in here? Yeah. Here you can see it. For those who are watching on the video, the, my, this is my barber shop in Boston. And that's like one of his screens where he's running TV commercials that he actually gets paid for. Okay. So, it Got awesome. it.
1: I was going, how do you monetize a, a barber shop with somebody else? And okay. So basically you're putting in, TV screens that people can watch while they're sitting there doing their thing and and get paid subscriptions or how's it work? That was
0: the that was the original idea. Was there's TV commercials running in your store already? What if those commercials were really smart and could be highly targeted, uh, and what if you got paid for them? So like, how would it change the world if the most powerful marketing medium wasn't Google and Facebook, but it was like physical retail businesses, and we could control how our data was used and spent, et cetera? Uh, obviously, it's evolved from there. That's just one of thousands of types of inventory. We've got, like I said, billboards or mass transit, rap cars, um, street stencils, one of my favorite company called Hunt a Killer, which is a dating app game. You get clues to like solve a murder with your spouse. Um, They did like body stencils all over the city of Austin and did hashtag who killed Beth. Like it's it's a really fun and creative medium. Uh, There's just never been a single central way to like decide to plan in an intelligent performance marketer kind of way. And then uh deploy it and then measure the the outcome like you can do online so wow
1: so Welcome. is it like an app how how are you measuring that uh
0: so it's more like the interface you'd be used to if you're using the facebook ads tool manager tool right you say okay. here's the audience i want to reach here's the outcome i want to drive uh the ai in one screen.ai takes all of the audience parameters, the types of inventory, how people move around uh, an area and says like, okay, to reach these types of people and to drive this type of outcome, you know, there's millions and millions of pieces of inventory you could buy. You have a $20,000 budget. Here's just the, you know, 10 you should buy. Um, and then you click go and then you measure based on your objective. We give you a pixel. If you have a website or have an app download or whatever you're, Your mark, your goal as a marketer is—it's the same concept that we're used to with Facebook ads or LinkedIn, etc. Just taken into a four-dimensional context instead of a two-dimensional context.
1: Okay, so I'm still clear as a blank wall.
0: Uh (laughs) This is why they don't let me talk Uh to customers. Like to get smart, going (laughs) all all
1: good. It's awesome. So, what kind of businesses would you typically work with to to help them to get this out?
0: Mostly, so. All of us in marketing have felt a lot of pain because all the channels we're used to are really saturated and expensive, Mm -hmm. right? Like we're all tired of running our 5,000th AV test on AdWords, Uh, SEO, you know, good luck. Uh, So it's mostly performance marketers who need mechanisms to grow, but they can't just keep doing what they've always done in the past because everyone's doing that now. Mm -hmm. Like in the mid 2000s, I got a cigar website to rank for the term health insurance just because I was bored. Um, now you can hardly like get your actual website to rank for your actual brand (laughs) name. Um, so it's, you know, B2B companies, cool names like Amplitude, BetMGM, people you might think of like that. Um, but mostly performance marketers. So, um, a lot of B2B and B2C brands who need to drive online activity and know that, you know, you're not going to, the joke I always use, by the way, there's, you're not going to get Elon Musk on Facebook ads. But there's one billboard on the road into Kennedy Space Center because I live here in Cape Canaveral, so I know that. So like if you wanted to reach Elon Musk, you could buy that billboard, but nobody knows it exists, right? There's an ad for some like wheelchair company on it right now.
1: Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So when when you're working with you're working with the agencies, do they typically have a an audience that they're working with to go, hey, this works incredibly well for you know restaurants or something
0: and most marketers have done the persona buyer persona exercise you know these days um Mm -hmm. that was a new concept back in the day uh to do you know at at hubspot we had like the marketing mary buyer persona that we were targeting Mm -hmm. um you know our our personal buyer persona is called performance paula um i don't know why they always have to be alliterative but yeah most (laughs) brands know like who they want to
1: marketing people can remember them
0: (laughs) exactly (laughs) <laughs> um, they know they know who they want to reach. They just need new channels about how, right? Like if you keep doing what everyone else right. does, You're it's hard to remain competitive. Yeah.
1: Very cool. I love it. So, um, and you have onescreen.ai all over the place. What's going on with that?
0: Yeah, so a uh, pro tip for people who are launching a business, spend more time when thinking up a name and find one where you can get the .com. Um, again, we didn't, put a lot of thought into the name because this was just a hackathon at first. Um, so we always have to say onescreen.ai uh, as part of the brand name so that it's a call to action. Um, we've got that, we, you know, we raised seed funding from a lot of the uh, HubSpot mafia and some of our customers. Um, HubSpot and mafia? Yeah, yeah, that's what we call it. Uh, <laughs> they have the PayPal mafia, right? Like Elon Musk and, and those people. <laughs> uh, we have the HubSpot mafia where something like 200, HubSpot, former HubSpotters went on to either be executives at other companies and launched their own startups.
1: Wow. Very cool. Did not know that. So- It's a great way
0: to go is go learn on somebody else's dime and then go do it yourself.
1: Clearly. Awesome. So when it comes to starting your own business, what made you decide that, hey, I'm going to, we can do this on our own?
0: Uh, Ignorance. <laughs> I didn't realize how hard it would be. So- I've, I've run my own company before as like a consulting web development agency, you know, in the mid two thousands. Um, and you know, things like that, but I've never actually been CEO of a company that was trying to get to a million dollars and then $10 million, hundred million dollars and scale up. Uh, you know, I've been CMO chief revenue officer and stuff before, um, starting from scratch, you, you, (laughs) you, you miss a lot of things, um, like simple things like payroll, uh, I've, you know, forgot to collect people's W9s and things like that. So, um, if I had known how hard it would be to actually start your own business and be in charge of everything, I think I still would have done it because it's a lot of fun and I've got great people that I'm working with and it's a really cool problem that we're working on. Um, but I definitely went into this with uh, a lot more enthusiasm than context about how hard it is to actually run your own business.
1: Definitely, it's not how ha- it's not the same as having a whole team of support people at your beck and call and to go. Hey, I got this idea. You guys go implement it.
0: <laughs> yeah, or even when you're at another startup, when you're not the CEO, you have like a discrete universe of problems, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you're the CEO and you're the one building the company, everybody's problems are your problems, and the problems nobody thought about might be problems also become your problems. <laughs> uh, so that that was, you know. We did it because we were excited because it's been so long since anybody did anything new in the world of marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, there's just, I think 11,000 at last count, internet martech companies all doing different flavors of the same thing. Um, and we just wanted to go do something new. That is awesome. So
1: did you have aspirations of a hundred million from the get go or was it like, Hey, let's give this three months. And if it doesn't work, I'm getting a job. Where were you at when you started?
0: Yeah. So we had pretty big aspirations from the beginning. Um, I, uh, I taught innovation management, uh, as one of my modules at Harvard for a while. And, you know, you, these, these terms like disruptive innovation and things like that, that are kind of cliches now, uh, it's so rare that you find an ind- industry that's worth, you know, at least, you know, a few billion dollars, much less $120 billion, like, uh, offline media is that actually meets those criteria. So, mm-hmm you know, overserved market, you know, a uh, larger group of non-discipline consumers, all the things that make innovation interesting. Uh, and so when, I mean, I spent years drinking bourbon, drawn on a whiteboard, trying to like find an opportunity like this. Mm-hmm. And so when we found, found it just and realized what a big opportunity it could be after we did our whole reverse stealth mode thing. Yeah. We were, we were pretty excited. We were, if it wasn't for the, For a few hiccups, we were actually trying to gun for fastest growing B2B startup of all time. Um, But we won best, got nominated or whatever, best startup in Boston. So I guess I'll take that. Nice.
1: Well, congratulations. It's awesome. (laughs) Thank
0: you. I have a a friendly bet with the HubSpot founders that within 10 years, we'll have a bigger market cap than they do. So we're ambitious. (laughs) Love
1: it. Love it, love it. So if you could start over again, is there anything that you would have done differently knowing what you know now?
0: Focus better. Uh, like, there's so many th- interesting things that you want to do when you're starting a business. You want to try, and every dollar matters, right? You try and service every customer that comes in, because um, it's not like we went and raised a hundred million dollars, you know, for some metaverse idea or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, we got you know, sports is super interesting. You know, Madison Square Garden, like, you know, might be using an Excel spreadsheet or something um to manage their inventory and we were trying to build SaaS, and we were trying to build marketplace at the same time and um a lot of things are really good ideas and very few of them are the ones that you should do
1: <laughs> so true but do you really know that ahead of time or is that kind of like a oh let learned?
0: <laughs> yeah it's there, there's the joke that like who, t- who chases two rabbits catches neither right mm-hmm. and it's such a hard choice to make and i think I did, I did like a poor job of doing that, um, which is, that's that's what I would do better is because it's it, it's kind of like death by a thousand cuts. It seems like it's pretty close, right? Mm-hmm. Now we've got devices we're installing in places, you know, oh, what if we, you know, also had analytics software that we built natively instead of uh, integrating with. And like every, before you know it, you've built this like beast monstrosity of uh, of a plan of a company that's not that you don't have the the ability to control and operate. Like the finances are too complicated. Like I didn't know, I still don't have a CFO, Uh, right? So um, the, you've got to pick something. And like, it's the hardest part of all of this is not coming up with a billion dollar idea. The hardest part of all of this is ignoring all of the other billion dollar ideas.
1: (laughs) That's so true, so true. So, how long did you think it was going to take you to hit your million dollar mark, and how long did it actually take you?
0: Uh, I thought it would take us about six to nine months. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually took us uh almost eighteen months. Um, the global kind of like macroeconomic slowdown that started happening you know beginning of last year, not something I predicted like. What? you didn't predict a back.
1: world pandemic <laughs> what is wrong with you
0: <laughs> yeah like, we're, we're all getting kind of a raw deal we had the pandemic <laughs> and then two years later we've got like you know the, the threat of like nuclear war plus you know the collapsing global economy it's like can we go back to like the 2000s and the 90s like things were they just were slower back then right you had the <laughs> no. opportunities to adapt
1: <laughs> right I love that so what challenges do you see yourself facing right now that you're going, hey, didn't see that one coming that you may have had you you know, repositioned things earlier, been able to avoid and or brought on faster because you actually
0: wanted. it? If I had known what the venture capital markets were going to be like, I mean, we all knew there was going to be inflation and a recession and such because you can't put $2 trillion into the economy and not have it, but I think we all thought it would be like Q2 Absolutely. or Q3 this year. Um, if I had known that I either would have like scaled down the scope of our ambitions again and focus more, or I would have raised more money earlier. Um, I think a lot of startups rightfully so are focusing on like, how do we create a, a business that can be self-sustaining and isn't always about to die. Uh, we we've done that for the last 15 years because there's always been venture capital there to bail you out. And, you know, if you've got a pulse and you add blockchain to the name, you, they give you $50 million without looking at the business plan. So that was dumb. And the correction we're seeing in the world is the way like things should be like, you should have to have a budget and manage cash and things like that. Um, But if I had known that that kind of like free ride for startups was going to end as soon as it did, I would have created a more, uh, like I, I wouldn't have changed the vision, but the time frame in which people are going to create, you know, unicorns and decacorn, $10 billion companies that change the world. Um, I think that's going to elongate compared to what, you know, our expectations have been over the last 10 years and didn't, didn't plan for that.
1: Nice. So I know that in the world of tech, getting getting funding is almost a necessity. It's just part of your business plan. It's like we will do this and we will get funding. <laughs> the the rest of the world doesn't really operate on that. It's like we will struggle until we figure out how to make money, and then we will have money and we will be happy. <laughs> so talk to me about the importance of that influx of money and why it's just so integrated in tech. I think it's just a general assumption. You need to have an influx of money at this point in your business in order to be able to get to where you want to go. And the rest of the world just hasn't, for some reason, caught on to that yet. It's only been what, 22
0: years? (laughs) I I think what what makes tech and and startups in general uh, unique is the lack of confidence people have that you have product market fit and a viable business model. If I'm launching a restaurant, a bank can price that risk and I can get a loan. Uh, If I'm launching a marketplace to integrate offline media, for performance marketers using artificial intelligence, no bank is going to listen to my pitch. Uh, <laughs> and so I've got to go to like the venture capitalists whose job is to take a bunch of bets, most of which won't pay off, um, but the ones that do pay off will make, you know, return their whole fund and, and, and make money for their investors. So if you don't have to take venture capital, it's great, right? Um, if you either have a conventional business to the point where, you know, a bank, or someone else will give you much cheaper capital and less annoying capital, like not constantly peppering you with questions. Um, they that's great. Or even better if you can, you know, bootstrap, where you're profitable from day one, and then it's just how fast can you grow? How fast can you cycle through it? Then you're taking people's money if you want to, mm-hmm. not because you need to. Okay. So, nice. Right. Just the confidence.
1: Nice. Right. So in your in your experience with your, your new startup, and I, I appreciate the uh, the struggles and the sometimes entertaining moments that can happen. Was there ever anything that happened to you that you're like, oh my god, that was hilarious. It was brutal, <laughs> but it was hilarious.
0: Yeah, the the most brutal slash hilarious thing we we came into this industry thinking we were going to fight Facebook with machine learning and you know my co-founder's got a master's in ai from columbia it's our background is performance marketing um but then we realized that it may be you know massive industry it may be the only traditional media still growing but it's run on like again on spreadsheets and post-it notes and it wasn't until we'd been at this for like 18 months that the president of the industry association told me that a chartist was a job That's the person who owns the whiteboard at uh, like a billboard company that has all the availability and pricing on it. Uh, And like, you can't have a marketplace if nobody knows the availability and pricing. And so we actually had to scale back like a lot of what we thought was fun and focus on, frankly, things that are, I don't want to call them boring, but I'll call them less, less challenging problems to solve before we could solve like the really interesting problems. So. That was that was entertaining and depressing uh to realize <laughs> that it's like they one of the big three companies, I I won't say which, um, we were 20 minutes into the demo before they realized API didn't stand for the American Press Institute. Uh they're great people, but they're just not technical because they've never had to be. Right. So that's uh, well, and it's about.
1: almost like it's like, oh, okay, so we have to go through the 80s first before we can come up to 2022. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I, I'm. I see that a lot in in oil and gas, primarily because you can't bring a whole lot of technology into the field because it tends to blow stuff up. So they don't use it in the offices either. Um, <laughs> but it's like, oh, carbon paper. They still make that.
0: <laughs> wow. Do they? I presume somebody does. I haven't thought. Of, I haven't <laughs> used carbon paper since I was a sales rep at T-Mobile, like right? 20 years ago. Wow.
1: <laughs> so it kind of startles you and go oh so we're going there okay
0: <laughs> yeah but those are the you know those are the markets that really need you like the first thing we built was just to own it we built a directory of who owns what and where blew people's minds right somehow didn't already exist uh and so you you get to create a lot of value for people who's you know r- right now one of the products we're launching um the way you get pricing is you email like 40 different companies who own inventory. They send you back spreadsheets. You merge those spreadsheets into your spreadsheet and then you can do your plan. So we're creating a button that just automatically emails everybody gets all the responses, turns it into your own thing. And people are literally like almost in tears because like that's such a painful and annoying part of their job. And so you can create a lot of value that makes people's lives better in a much more tangible way than like, Artificial intelligence does because that's that's more of a black box solution to a problem that people hadn't really defined, as opposed to like this really annoying manual process uh, that you're somebody can spend more time with their family now or work on more interesting projects because you've mm-hmm. automated uh, the the stupid parts of their job that they hate.
1: Right. Well, and I, we are personally on a, <laughs> on a rampage too to eliminate the word manual in businesses because as soon as you ask how do you do that and the answer manually three times it's like okay <laughs> this is not a question of money anymore and this is a question of you know do you want to step up into the 21st century and and how slowly do you want to take it so that you know because it does take time for people to wrap their heads around these things and um people
0: but people forget they don't have to live this way the, the automation's a thing whatever your is annoying you, there's probably some app that helps you do it or you can write a macro to do it for you that, you know, it's really easy. It sounds intimidating when I say like write a macro, but there are tools like Octoparse or whatever that, you know, you can just click and have it go do the thing a bajillion times. Um, Like I wanted a list of all the HubSpot partner agencies, so I didn't go through and manually create a list of all of them. Um, I think once people realize that if you find yourself doing something manual and repetitive that you dislike that you should find, you shouldn't like just accept that pain, you should demand better from your life, from your career, from your business uh, and figure out a way to automate it. You know, uh, you will figure out a way to automate it.
1: Love it. So what exciting projects do you have moving forward? What do you, where do you see the future of your company?
0: Our biggest challenge is making this thing properly self-service. So it's easy to make things powerful. It's hard to make powerful things easy to use. Um and we had this the the issue uh at HubSpot back in the day. Um most companies go through this where you know if you log into our platform and you're technical and you know what you're doing, you can do everything that you need to do. But you know, just like I had we used to have to explain what a search engine was before we could sell SEO software. Um, and it's the same kind of like context now. Now SEO software is so easy, you just like plug it in and it's like, here's all the things you need to fix. Forward this email to your developer you know, back in the day, it was a lot harder. So that's our big focus for the year is you've got these great brands, you know, brands I'm personally fan a fan of that I use, like, you know, Amplitude and, and Full Story, Reprise, uh, Ramp.com, which is what we use for corporate credit cards, shameless plug, virtual credit cards and things like Ramp.com, much, much better than just getting a Capital One like Spark card. No offense to Capital One. Um, you know, getting to have them be customers and using our platform. So the big next step thing uh, for us is how do we make, it's easy to make something powerful. It's hard to make something powerful, easy to use. Um, We're to the point now where, you know, if you're a sophisticated user, you know what you're doing, you can log in and use a platform. But just like back in the day, we used to have to explain what a search engine was before we sold SEO software. You know, we've got really cool brands, which is fun for me because I'm fans of them or users like Amplitude, Ramp.com. I think I was in the middle of pitching them. You should definitely use virtual cards um, if you're running a business. Uh, you know, making it so that somebody can log in and like plan, execute, optimize, and do that really, really easily. Um, that's that's our big challenge. That's our that's our big goal is making this also making it accessible. Like not forgetting where we came from. Our goal is to help. We've got great enterprise companies as customers, like Constant Contact. Bet MGM, but my passion's always been in helping small businesses either do marketing better, um, like we did at HubSpot, or um, helping small businesses like make money in new and exciting, and interesting ways. So it's easy to to sell to sophisticated people with lots of money. It's hard to make something that you know n- no one no one launches a restaurant because they want to be a marketer, but they have to be because they launched a restaurant.
1: Exactly, I love it. So I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How did they start that journey with you getting to get you into their universe?
0: Well, the good thing about my last name, Malakarjanan, is it's not common. And so if you Google anything (laughs) close to it, you'll generally find me. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Malakarjanan on LinkedIn, or you can go to onescreen.ai, fill out the form and just say like, I heard Sam on this podcast. I want to talk to him. I answer every message I get, uh, you know. When Google invested in HubSpot back in the day we jokingly said they're going to tattoo we are not the user on the inside of our eyelids so talking to you know people is is part of what I enjoy so find me online reach out and let's have a conversation and I'll help you automate whatever uh well I'll probably just send them back to you Michelle to help them automate whatever the heck is is annoying them so they can focus on delivering value
1: I love it so we will have all of Sam's uh, links in the show notes, of course. So just scroll down and click on those. Make sure you get connected, every which way but lose. So uh, I get to ask you at this point: At what point in life did you know that you were especially special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Was that just recently here?
0: <laughs> no, I um, I, I knew from a from a young age. So growing up on the Space Coast, your life is weird. Um, like I had a project when I was in uh, middle school, I had a project to go up on the space shuttle. Uh, and my dad kind of jokingly said, why weren't you the lead investigator? And I'm like, cause it's a German guy named Hans with like a PhD. Can we just be happy? I designed the cooling system. Um, <laughs> and you know, ever since that was like a nice, like break to the fact that you're ever going to impress your parents and it frees you up to like actually do the things that interest you. Um, so, you know, I launched my first, Like then startup in high school, that failed. Launched a couple of startups in college, that failed. Um, And I've just never enjoyed, if you know all the answers, it's just not that much fun, right? Like you want to work on something that's challenging that people haven't done before. Um, Maybe that'll change one day. Like teaching was fun, uh, but I gave up on it because I stopped enjoying being the person in the room who knew the most about the subject matter. So,
1: yeah. Fair enough. Sam, you've been absolutely amazing. Thank you. Any last words for our peeps?
0: Don't give up. It sucks. It's hard. Uh, The current environment right now is hard for everybody, which means that if you're agile, if you communicate well, if you're adaptable, you're gonna survive and come out of this in a position of strength that nobody else is gonna come out of. Um, So it's gonna be hard, but remember that if it's hard for you, it's hard for everyone else. So survive, execute, And then you're going to have something really incredible because everyone else is going to be screwed.
1: (laughs) Sage advice. (laughs) You're Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I know how valuable it
0: is. Thanks for having me.
1: Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Share with your friends, subscribe to the show. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Thank you for listening to seven to eight. If you're interested in upping your speaking game, be sure to connect with our guests with the links in the show notes and connect with me to see how we can help you get your tech done for you and help your speaking dreams come true.